I'm Amy. And I'm Nathan. And this is Amy and Nathan Do a Podcast. A limited series podcast where we'll explain how you can meaningfully engage in local and state politics. Welcome back. This is episode four. And today we're going to talk about meetings. Everyone's favorite. In most typical years, your county commission or school board meetings tend to be kind of boring. If anyone even shows up. If anybody even shows up, they're not like what recently hit national news here from Tennessee. Everybody knows about that Williamson County school board meeting where they were basically verbally assaulting one of the pro-mass parents in the parking lot afterwards. So that's still, yeah, normally these types of meetings aren't that fraught or exciting. And there's different levels of commission meetings. So we're going to talk a little bit about school board meetings and county commission meetings and what you can expect and how you need to sign up to speak. In normal times, like you said, having gone to a number of governmental meetings, there are many, many times where I was the only guest there. I was the only person sitting out in the audience. And it's just up, down votes through their quick agenda, you know, gavel in, 30 minutes later, gavel out. And, you know, and to be clear, most of those meetings are really quick because Remember, due to sunshine law, it's not like they're talking about these things outside of their meetings, but they have their work sessions and planning sessions as well, which you can also attend and are open to the public. But the official big meeting tends to go really fast. And I've often heard people say, well, why isn't there any debate? Why aren't they haggling it out? Well, they have work sessions and committee meetings. So you don't have to spend hours. Uh, Meetings only tend to go long when there are guests or there is a particular hot button issue like that Williamson County uh, school board meeting when you've got a lot of people turn out who feel very strongly about a particular issue. Let's let's back it up to the work sessions. Those are where they're talking about a topic that they're going to be voting on later, right? And they are open to the public. Yeah, it's all the stuff on the agenda. It's where they talk it out. So that way, when they come to the meeting, they don't have to ask all the the questions of the experts. At the working meeting, let's say, for example, I'll make up something. Let's pretend it's uh, a new water main. You know, it's never anything sexy. It's a new water main needs to be put in at the junction of Highway 321 and 411. And so let's say this is probably a $5 million project. So you'll have people from public works and the city planning. There'll be the different experts who will be at this working meeting for that particular section of it, or they may stay for the whole thing. But anyway, when the council men and women have questions like, you know, why is this why is this line item say $318,000 for dirt or whatever? Then they yeah. can be like, why does it say this? And then the, the people or the experts or those involved with actually implementing this particular thinking about, well, that's because it takes special dirt from the tears of virgins for this particular pipe to work correctly. And then you're like, oh, okay, that's why. Can we find it cheaper? And that's where they can haggle out this stuff. So again, not to belabor that, but that's why you don't find at meetings these heated debates, because that's where that Well, it tends to not be heated, but all of those things happen in work sessions. And I would like to point out something to folks listening. These work sessions, working meetings, they have different names. 
they tend to not be friendly to working folks. Uh, oftentimes they are, for example, on a Friday morning at 8 a.m. And I believe, like, for example, the city of Maryville working meeting for September that was the week before the city council meeting, it was from 8 a.m. And I don't think they gabbled out until almost noon. So you would have to take a half a day off to go set through this. So it makes it a little tough for people to to go and be a, hold them accountable or yes. to be informed when you've got meetings that are in the in the heart of a work day. Which brings me to the point of going by that back to our very first episode where we talked about calling your reps. That's why it's important to call your city council member or your county commissioner or your school board member before the work sessions. So that way they hear from you and they can go into that meeting saying, I heard from this person that lives over over here. They're concerned about the cost of Yeah. That mortar main, they're they're concerned about the runoff. Or say there's a developer wanting to come in to build a yet to build a subdivision, but you're concerned about too much growth, or it's not affordable housing, or is are they building in a in an area of land that you can actually build on, or is it gonna cause problems down the line like we had in Middle Tennessee with the flooding from the rains, where these developers just sprung up these subdivisions without due diligence on floodplain maps. Well, and even more than that, and not to get too far off topic, but one of the big problems, the hypothetical, very real scenario you were just describing, yeah. so frequently city councils and county commissions, either due to the composition of the members who make it up or the composition of the major funders of those particular people, mm-hmm. uh, tend to be very hands off and tend to espouse the, well, you know, I believe in free enterprise and the free market Mm -hmm. dictates. And so that's when we've run into these issues. And that issue Amy was specifically mentioning was right here in Blount County, there is a high density neighborhood that is being pitched to go into an area that's just outside of the city limits. But here's the thing, because of the contracts that the Maryville utilities have, which goes even outside of the city limits of Maryville, that's just the way it works. And so the city of Maryville then has to deal with, what is it? I think it's a thousand, 800 to a thousand new units in this high density. And I don't have a problem with high density when high density involves affordable housing. And this is not that. I think these are all mid high $200,000 homes. And I suppose that's, I suppose that's becoming normal, but that ain't affordable. And so the problem with this neighborhood is Blunt County, our county here has an up Updated any of their zoning regulations and wait for it, y'all, two decades because everyone's so hands off. Oh, people should be able to develop what, however they want, free enterprise, blah, blah, blah. Well, then 20 years later, the same it thing just money. happened in Humphreys County out in Middle Tennessee, and they had crazy flooding. And also one of the problems is this new neighborhood's part of the watershed and deals with runoff, and we haven't updated any of our zoning regulations to deal with this stuff. So that that would be a zoning committee sub-meeting before a meeting. So that would be another, there's a lot of meetings to keep track of. Go with your county commission or city council. They have their own website where they talk. They do give you the schedule of the different subcommittees and what's on those agendas. So you can look it up. And if you can't attend the meeting, you can call 
your commissioner or council person. Blank County is a little easier to navigate if you can actually find on the county level, if you can actually find the commission site. Once you can kind of dig around in there and you can find the agenda, then it's easier to understand once you actually get there. The city of Maryville's doesn't quite have a working calendar the way it does for, say, Blount County or the way you can look up the agenda and calendar on, say, the state uh, legislature site, which is entirely too cumbersome as well. But to that point, Amy, like, let's say that you are impassioned about this development and you're like, okay, so... How does this work down? All of you in your head think, here's the Blunt County Commission. A committee of that is the Planning Commission. And then underneath that, you're going to have this proposed ad hoc planning committee. Ad hoc means it'll be sunsetted at some point. And I think it's sunset or sunset. I don't actually know what the past tense is. It will sunset at some point. So you you have to dig down and keep track of this because you have all these meetings. So to get, I guess, this brings it full circle. So you found all these meetings and you want to go or you want to attend if they have them via Zoom. What do you do? You go to the website to see what the agenda is, and then they will have a number, phone number for you to call to get your name on the list to speak on a topic that's on the agenda. And if it's not, you can also speak on topics that aren't on the agenda at most meetings, but those are strictly time controlled and you cannot go over time. They will cut your microphone. They will basically, okay, that's enough, go. And this is specifically at, say, the Blount County Commission, for example. Maryville City Council is a little different. Yeah, you don't have to sign up for those. And there aren't time constraints on your speaking time, but they're going to hurry you along if you're dawdling. And just like you mentioned, generally at the beginning, uh, well, for example, the Maryville City Council's agenda has a public comment section at the beginning. And as you mentioned, it's for anything not on the agenda. So if you wanted to get up and ramble about your kitty cat, you'd have a couple of minutes that they would entertain your chatting. I would recommend against doing this, but you could chat aimlessly. But if you tried to bring anything up on the agenda, they would tell you to wait. And so then as you're going down each agenda item, there is the ability to speak up on that. And are there any comments or there'll be some way that will indicate that you are able to. And generally, if it doesn't have a sign up, like you mentioned, like which is like school board or the city levels, you will raise your hand. They'll have you come up to a podium and they'll ask you to give your name and address. And then you get to address the council. You do not address members individually. When you are speaking to the council, you are speaking to it as a unified body or the commission or any of these bodies, you do not call out an individual. And if you have beef for them, you should email them. That is not the time to individually be like, council person XYZ, I can't stand you. You know, that is not the time. And they will gavel you down and have you removed as they should. Yes, absolutely. It's a time to address the whole, that governing body as a whole. It is not... As you said, it is not a time to pick fights. Pick fights. Yeah, it's not a time to pick fights. That is not the purpose of 
I was about to say that's not a purpose of a count of a of a meeting like that of a municipal or school board meeting. It's no, and it's a time to address address the government in a it's civil a time and civilized to address, manner. Yeah, civilized manner. Thank you. It's time to address the government in a civilized manner. You know, you can you can contact them. All almost all of them, their information's widely public. You know, you can Google their name, but on the city or county or whatever municipalities page. It has their contact information available. So it, none of this is hard if you want to reach out. And I'm not saying that it's easy. I'm not saying that fitting this in in your life is the easiest thing. But if you can make it a habit, it is. And like yeah. we'd mentioned you know, previously, you can do your emailing and calling late in the evening. And to be clear, you know, city and county level folks do not really have assistance. Like their number on there, if it isn't to some generic number that goes into some office voicemail, then you're actually getting their cell phone number. The meeting time, the meetings or the under committee meetings, the work sessions, the planning sessions, all those are time for you to address a community con- community concern your concern about the community, not your personal beef with somebody. It's also, we probably should walk you through the actual meeting, like the procedure meetings. You mentioned Maryville City Council, they have some minutes at the head of the meeting just for open public comment. And even- What does the uh, procedure look like? So you'll come in, let's say a general monthly meeting is, it meets as needed. There's a beer board- there's a tree board, I think. I think they still have that. But I know there's a beer board, and only if there are applications that need approved, and these are right beforehand. So the meeting starts at, say, 7. Well, they'll gavel in at, like, I think it's like 6.52 for the beer board meeting. You know, they're like, call this meeting to order. They'll deal with the, those items of business. So it's the committee meeting right beforehand. It usually takes three or four minutes, even if they have something. Up, down votes. They'll adjourn that one, call the next meeting directly to order. Say you were at a Maryville City Council meeting, they'll call it to order. There's usually a, a moment of silence or an invocation. And then then directly there's public comment section. It's always funny when you're the only person there and you're like, hey, hey Nathan. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm just coming to watch today. I'm like, I don't have anything to say. And okay. And so then move on to the next item. And yeah, when you show up enough, they all know who you are, which is maybe good, maybe bad. And then they'll just go down and they'll hit their agenda items. And, you know, after you get there, it's like, say, item number one is something they've been doing a lot lately is abandoning old alleyways. And so those pieces of property get absorbed into someone's someone's plot. So they're like, you know, alley, blah, blah, blah. And it if it's the first time on the agenda, you know, everything on these things that require votes require multiple times to come up. It's there's the first appearance on the agenda, then it's second time, and then it's the official vote. So if you're passionate about something, keep your eye open because it's usually hanging out here through this process for two or three months before it gets voted on. If you find out about it last minute and it's something you care about, that kind of stinks. But if you can catch it early, sometimes you can get bad things nipped in the bud before they ever proceed. Let's say this alley, it comes up on its first reading and they're like, you know, alleyway X, Y, Z, we're going to abandon that. And then 
they'll have someone say from the city plan, like, why are we doing this? And like, because it's a landlocked alley now and it, we, the city can't mow it and we should just give this property to someone else. Well, they're going to get taxed on it. But it's so like, okay, cool. And then you're like, they'll vote yet. Yeah, yes, this seems okay. There's nothing bad about this. Then that way next month when it comes up for second reading, that's when they vote to do the business about it. Y'all, Meetings can get a little boring, but sometimes they're juicy. Maryville City Council meetings tend to be particularly boring. School board meetings tend to be really fun lately, and I haven't been to one of those in a couple of years, to be honest, because nothing nothing interesting had been going on in them until the pandemic hit. Here we are. You have a, you have a very strange definition of fun. In general, possibly school board meetings do get more interesting than maybe county commission because they are talking also about education issues and curriculum issues as well as funding for different programs. So, and but- like here locally, you know, sometimes folks will have beef with the say what the school system is spending. And ridiculously, we have three school systems in one county here. Consolidation inevitably is going to have to happen at some point. It's just, uh, it's not sustainable. Wait till I tell you about Pennsylvania. Number of school systems in a county? Mm -hmm. In in my county, yep. We had at least, let's see, in Berks County, when I graduated high school, I went to, let's see, because the other thing is Berks County, it was divided up into townships. So there was a school system per township. So the township funded part of the schools and the county did, and obviously the state and the federal government. But there were multiple school systems in my county. And I can think there's there was at least four but right off the top the of my head. Same size as Blunt County. More uh, higher population though. Land, oh, okay. land size about the same as Blunt County. Population close to a little bit under what Knox County is now. It was around oh, 350,000. But now three it's school systems for 125,000 people. And yeah, we and had about major, five for 350,000. Well, and the major six. difference, Amy, is that, you know, Pennsylvania isn't number 47 in education in the United States. And, you know, and that it's people really like to play the semantics game in Tennessee, not to go again too far off topic, but they like to say, well, you know, the schools are fully funded. Well, that's true because the BEP formula that you use to fund them is broken. So, yes, it may be fully funded by the formula by which you fund schools, but it doesn't account for everything. And it's so convoluted, it makes no sense. So three school systems in one county are fighting for a lot smaller amount of money. I'm not I'm not trying to play like, you know, crappy school system Olympics with you because you know Blount County wins on that one. Just in uh, terms of the funding that funding, actually is reaching yeah. students. Yeah. Yes, exactly. In terms of funding. And that that's again, that's something that does come up at school board meetings. Yeah. You're, you're and, already on limited funding, and then you've got pe- different programs vying for the scraps. And I remember basically. where I was going with that. Uh, people will show up to, say, city council meetings to complain about funding and things. And it's like, city council doesn't make their budget. The school board sends the budget over. The council simply approves it or not. And it's always approved because who wants to be that person who votes against schools. I mean, no one does, which is also why it's this self-perpetuating cycle of messed up. 
people come to the wrong meeting to complain about the wrong thing, you're like, oh, that's, that, they're not that's, even responsible hey, for that. So that that's a good good point. Make sure you're going to the right meeting. Reach out to someone you know who's maybe if you don't feel that you're politically savvy, reach out to someone you know who's more so than you and be like, hey, I feel a certain kind of way about this thing. Where should I go and talk about this? If you're comfortable with being in person or, you know, a lot of the meetings you can hop in on Zoom these days and but make sure you're going to the right place to complain <laughs> if you if you want to uh, <laughs> complain or praise don't. for that matter. Or praise. Yeah. I was going to say, don't be a Karen. Oh, no. You're like, but, yeah, uh, I'm sorry, sir. Point. This is a Wendy's. Yeah. <laughs> I needed that laugh. Let me gather so my thoughts. The big thing there. you're going to want to really pay attention to is whether what you want to talk about is on the agenda for that meeting or not. And yeah, if it's on the agenda, if it's not, you, sorry, if it's on the agenda, they will let you speak a little longer on it because it's, it's not, they will cut you off. As they That's should. It, you're done. As they should. So I guess everyone likes story time or it gives some context to you're like, what? So I guess it was five or six years ago when I, along with a couple other folks, were fighting uh, Walmart that was trying to come in. And I knowingly, it's, you know, it's one thing when you didn't know what you're, when you don't know what you're doing. And it's another one you're like, I know what I'm doing and I'm doing it anyway. And I went to every one of these planning and committee and commission meetings during the public comment section because what I was talking about wasn't on the agenda. And I came with a herd of people, you know, and they've got to deal with all these people. And we just kind of overtook meetings and these meetings that would usually gavel in and out in 20 minutes. They were stuck there for hours with, people talking. Well, of course the media is there. Or, well, by media, I mean the local paper and they're, so we can get the, uh, thank you, local paper, you know, so we could get the stories some traction, you know, it just, we just kept showing up. And when anything about it came on the agenda, then, you know, we were there for that too, let alone the public comment section. And, you know, and it took, oh gosh, I think it was three and a half years of just being a thorn in their side and Walmart pulled out so those are the kind of things that the public comment section are good for. But also sometimes it's good to go to tell them they're doing a good job. Be like, hey, you know, you fixed that floodplain and now my basement's not flooding anymore. So I don't have to come here and yell at you all every <laughs> month. And I, send that, emails. That good, good point, because how many of y'all work at sucky jobs where all you're just picked apart all day long and nobody ever tells you, hey, good job. Thanks for doing that. Probably thing. most folks. Most folks. So yeah, the county commissioners or council members, they're just like, well, they're like most of us. A little positive. When they do a good job, they, they really appreciate an attaboy or an girl. And sometimes in, in that agenda I had mentioned, sometimes right there at the beginning too, if there are any special awards or things, say someone that works for the city or the county is retiring, who's put in a long time or... Mm-hmm someone's done something particularly notable or whatever, say like a high school group team club wins an award or something. Sometimes they'll have them there and they'll present them with something. Like I think at the last one I was at, or maybe it was the time before, uh, some Boy Scout troop was getting getting some award from the city for doing something. And I that was the time before. And then the last one, I think someone who had put in 30 or 35 years was retiring and they acknowledged them with a thanks. And, you know, those kind of things are really cool. And you get to see that stuff when you 
you attend them to. Not maybe wildly exciting, but it, it's it's really cool because you get to meet people in the community. So in some ways, it is like Parks and Rec. Oh, I, I've never seen that, but everyone who has told me that they've watched Parks and Rec, when I listen to their stories, I'm like, wow, this sounds a whole lot like the real thing. I mean, minus some of the ridiculous back-end drama. And because, you know, the, to be clear, it's probably fairly similar, but the difference is that real politicians operate under the Sunshine Law, or should. Yes. Oh, explain the Sunshine Law. Oh, you know, think of it like when folks will say, you know, shining sunshine on dark spots to give light to it. Politicians aren't supposed to discuss ways they're going to vote or meeting material without the ability for public to comment. So on the record, as it were, or with press present or some, some way for people to know what happened. I guess that's the Cliff's notes of it. Yeah. Basically, no, no backroom dealing. Yeah, that, I guess that's the Cliff's notes. No backroom deals. So let's just kind of walk back and sum up the meetings. Most normally, they are kind of boring to attend. They're very they're procedural. If something is on the agenda that you want to speak about, you get the phone number that you're supposed to call to sign up to speak ahead of time. And there will be a lot of these meetings. They will have somebody there with a list where you can sign in and sign up to speak as well. Because it is very or it is very ordered because they are there to conduct the business of the municipality or the schools. They don't want to be there forever either. And you will see if the particular meeting you're wanting to attend requires you to sign up or not. You should be able to find that very easily on the website. Uh, you would look and and if you can't find this and you're really uncertain about it, then just look for a number of someone on there or, or just contact yeah. one of the commissioners or your own commissioner or council person. Mm -hmm. Be like, Hey, I'm wanting to come to this next meeting to talk about this thing. What's the procedure? Do I need to sign up somewhere for this particular meeting? Or if you can't find the info, ask one of the people who's on that governing body. Hey, how do I do this? And they're usually thrilled for guests to come. Even if you're going to yell at them, they're like, well, you know, it'll make it exciting tonight. And so they'll tell you, they'll tell you if you need to, if you in fact need to sign up ahead of time, or if you have to sign up on the list when you get there, or if it's just open and they call for it, like they will verbally cue you to let you know, this is your time for public comment section, or this is your time to speak on this particular agenda item. Are there, does anyone have anything to say? And like Maryville's meetings are really great in that there's no sign up, but they make it very clear when it's appropriate for someone who's not elected or they're providing expert information on something when you can comment. Some of the others, not quite as much. And like you mentioned in that quick rundown, I know I'm belaboring it again, but the quick rundown, like the Blunt County Commission, it's that three minute thing. You sign up to do it and there's a clock in front of you that just scares you and you don't think anything you want to say can be said in three minutes. And so most folks end up rambling because three minutes is a long time, y'all. Yes, as somebody who's not rambling and yelling. As somebody with a great big fear of public speaking, like speaking to a live crowd, three minutes is an eternity. And I know there's quite a lot of people out there that are similar in that. So I think we covered everything with the meetings. So that means after the musical interlude, it is rent time.
Now that Nathan's scared everybody, we're going to talk a little bit more or rant about showing up to meetings and also calling people like Senators Blackburn and Haggerty because it is a statewide election and even those people need to know that not everybody agrees with them. But that's also why you show up to meetings so the sane people drown out the crazies. It's very true. You know, in this time this day and age, we really have to focus on where constituent power is building and showing up to meetings. It's not like you can go show up in the U.S. Senate or or Congress and hang out and yell at them during public comment time because that's not a thing. But there's a national movement post-Trump for gaining a power base on a local level. And one of the most important things, as we've said, or as I've ranted about so many times, is local elections. And this is coming to bear that one of the best things that an individual can do is show up to these local meetings, like school board or uh, county commission, because the majority of things in your life are affected there. Showing up to these meetings is important because so many of these folks don't get reached out to by any of their constituents, so they don't have a really good idea of what people in their own community want, or all they see are folks online who tend to be vocal but not show up in person. I understand we're in the times of COVID, so it's a little harder to go to public meetings. But those that you can, you've got to go so that these, yeah, so that the keyboard warriors aren't the only voice that electeds are hearing. And and this, again, is critically important after we've seen what went down in Williamson County, which is around Nashville, if you're not familiar. And the same kind of things are going to happen here, too, and are happening here. Are happening here. The one thing about school board meetings, showing up to them, is they actually are somewhat a convenient time. They're usually held like right around 530. So if you're getting off work, you can show up there on your way home from work. They do make them convenient for you to show up at. And there are now more local groups that kind of organize childcare for you, like people that are showing up, because they're definitely doing it on the screaming crazy side, where they're making sure they have childcare so they can go up and rant and rave and yell at individual school board members and basically make a mockery of what civic participation is supposed to be, especially at meetings like this. And speaking of... When, as part of this rant, you know, when you're going to these meetings, it's the same thing that we've mentioned to you when you're contacting your representatives via email or phone. You've got to be succinct and have a cogent argument. So if you're going to go speak, remembering, as we've mentioned, that there's probably a time limit, or even if there's not, if you can't get something said well in three minutes, 10 is not going to help you. And When you get up there to rant, just like we're doing, get your point across and wrap it up and be done. You can look at the videos of these people screaming at school boards, uh, being anti-vax, anti-mask, all these things, carrying on with alternative facts and false narratives. Get up there, deliver your point, and then go sit down. It's not like your time at, at the podium is going to change all the hearts and minds right then. So just deliver deliver your rant as it were, and then go sit back down. Two points. It's not alternative facts. Let's stop using that word. It's just outright lies. 
it's just oh, outright that, lies and true. falsehoods. And number two, you're there to speak to a government body. You're not giving a stump speech or speaking at a campaign rally. You're there to deliver information and your opinion. That's it. Exactly. So going back on the the showing up, or going back to the other thing I said about, well, actually, what you mentioned, loading that they're loading the benches in the, shall we say, the peewee leagues. I don't, I don't want to use that. The minor leagues. They're loading the benches in the minor leagues of county commissions and school boards because they understand that is where the decisions are made that directly impact the community. That's where you make the most change and the most immediate acting change is school boards have the power to ban books. They can control what future generations learn about. They can control whether your future generations are going to learn the true history of America or whitewashed, white supremacist upholding narrative. And that's why they want to load the benches on the school boards, is they basically, they really have an allergic, an allergy to the truth. And building these benches is problematic because you see folks like our current U.S. Congressman Tim Burchett, voters are gatekeepers, you all. And when you're not gatekeeping someone, but you're only voting for them because they're they have the quote, right letter. Unquote, your team, yeah, with the right letter behind their name, then you're just well, continuing to elevate people who shouldn't be in position. So you vote these people in for school board and they don't get gate checked. So then they go to commission maybe or then they go to mayor. Commission goes to state house, then state house to state, state senate. House. And then next and thing then, you know, they're sitting in D.C. carrying on with these same ridiculous policies that seemed troublesome on a local level and were. And now they're making their their unfounded agenda the problem for the entire country. And the, the thing with uh, Representative Burchett is he first ran for county, I believe, county commission in Knox County when his business got cited for environmental regulations for just using manure from his parents' farm in the landscaping business, just grabbing fresh cow poop and just spreading it. And he and didn't like he that. Did that. He didn't like the government telling him that's an environmental violation. And it is. It's not. It's also kind of a health violation. Not legally, no, but not if you think about it, it is. it is. So he didn't like the government protecting the general public. So he decided to run for county commission. And then he kept going up the political ladder. And now he's our representative in Congress for the second district of Tennessee. So that's why it's important state to pay attention Senate, locally. Yeah, state Senate, then mayor of Knox County, then now, and now federally, you know, managed to, yeah. for someone well, who Senator wags Blackburn their finger, the yeah, just keep getting these pensions from everyone along the way for someone who wags their finger at the poor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. They, he, uh, he will have a nice, let's, let's see, state of Tennessee pension, Knox County pension and U S Congress pension. Yeah. It takes five years for not for liking the government entitlement. So that is why it is important to pay attention to the local meetings, to who's speaking at these meetings and who's getting fired up about running for these positions. We have to show up the, the, I'll say it, the sane, rational people, and I'm not saying that all that's just Democrats or that there aren't any sane, rational Republicans, because there are, but sane, 
rational people need to show up, need to speak up, need to show up to the voting booth, and hell, even need to pull a petition and get themselves on the ballot. But that's going to be another episode where we walk you through that. Yeah, because there are plenty of opportunities coming up for 2022 to run for local and state level offices. And as a reminder during the rant here, for Tennessee, we don't have any Senate positions that have an election in 22. So it's just governor and down is predominantly state and local level. So now's the prime time to run. Yes. So that's it for this episode. Thanks for listening and tune in for our next one.